Let's Andy Phillips here. And I've got uh, John Richards, I've got uh, Rich Honus and uh, Embers on with us. And yeah, we've all got our cups of tea with uh, UK atheists, atheism UK. Um, today we're going to be talking about the afterlife. And it's a, it's a conversation that we, we do often have as atheists because it's uh, obviously we, we, as an atheist, you don't believe in God, but there's, there are atheists that do believe in other things. You know, it's not just... Um, you know, it's not a blanket thing. It's not a book you read and you believe everything in that. You know, there's no no um, model for being an atheist. It's just based on one thing. Just don't believe in God. Um, so uh, I want to talk about the some of the concepts of uh, the afterlife and how that sort of shapes people, not just uh, people who are religious, maybe, but how it shapes people that thought that there is somewhere to go after this one. Uh, or some life to have after this one. So does anybody want to kick off with this? I mean, I, I think I think one of the reasons why this developed is because as as, as human beings, you know, we develop, um, we have developed uh, a self-awareness. You know, and, it, and it's a self-awareness that, you know, may not exist in, in other animals or other creatures. But one of the consequences of having this self-awareness is obviously we are also aware that this life ends. Um, and for some people, that's an incredibly scary thing. Um, for some people um, are very worried about death and dying and and I think this this invention, because I I, th I think it is absolutely once again an invention um, of an afterlife of some description, uh, whether that's the um, Abrahamic or at least Christian uh, Islamo Christian version of the afterlife, because actually, oddly, that view is not necessarily shared amongst a lot of Jews, mm. but there's the Islamo Christian. Um, version of an afterlife which includes a heaven and hell um specifically i think we're, we're, we're thinking about heaven because it's about you know the continuation of a good life after you've gone um or whether it's more eastern concepts of an afterlife which actually include real life uh in terms of things like reincarnation so there, there are lots of different formats of this but you know the basic idea that life goes on after we have died, um, I think it's an almost it's an almost understandable um, concept. You know, uh, it's understandable that people don't like the idea of not existing, um, especially after experiencing life as we are experiencing it now. Um, I, I loved I loved Mark Twain's um, uh, statement saying, "Well." Uh, I was dead wait, for millions of years before I was born mm. and not suffered any inconvenience for it. Uh, and, you know, I treat my impending death in the same manner. Um, I think that's, that is absolutely quite true, but I don't think for a lot of people, it does, still doesn't take away that existential fear of not existing. And, and, and let's be clear, there, there's a difference between the fear of being dead and the fear of the process of dying, which in a lot of cases is very unpleasant. Um, 
but it, let, 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 let's keep let's stick it keep it to the fear of being dead um the fear of not existing the fear of oblivion and um the, you know the fear of not of just trying to conceptualize the idea of not existing and it's really and it is actually really difficult to do uh, at a conceptual level but um this idea of an afterlife and, and how it came about does seek to address that fear and i can see how it is very attractive and you know when we are talking to theists and they say well what have you got to offer and you know so we offer life after death and i think well that's all great but you can't prove that offer is redeemable um yeah, because we, we often get asked, you know, well, what do you have? It, you know, it, it, we, we're sometimes, I think, seen as um, nihilists in some way, you know, <laughs> that we, we as a, a, that every atheist, again, they pigeonhole us completely. Um, and we've got to be careful that we don't do the same to them as well. But yeah, of course. But, you know, the, the, it, it, we, when we talk to uh, theists about this sort of thing, we talk to people who, who believe in God or believe in the afterlife, when we talk to them about this sort of thing, and you know, I, I have a, a, I have an opinion, which I don't know whether it's true or not. Um, I have no proof of what I think. It's just the way I tend to think. Um, I think I'm quite a materialist in, in some ways. Um, but I, 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 I find it very difficult to explain to people who do believe in an afterlife that, you know, there's there's no proof of it and I don't really believe it. Um, but I don't, I, I can't sometimes explain exactly why mm. it just feels like, you know, it, and it, I think it feels like that because we're my whole opinion of humanity is that we are animals and we're no, actually no different to, you know, a dolphin or a cat. You know, <laughs> We're just a, a certain type, a certain species of animal on this planet. I think we have a, an incredible symbiosis or we could have an incredible symbiosis with this planet because we we're a creature that's evolved on this planet so we must have deep connections with with our earth um and i think there's there's a lot of concepts behind this transcendence to something else that isn't just in religion you know as i say i know atheists who may not completely believe in an afterlife. I don't, I believe in an afterlife. I'm, I'm adamant on that, but there is a wondering in humanity that does it all stop or is there something else? And there's a lot of other things that go on within our lives. Like for instance, things like near death experience where people see things when they're dying and then coming back and reporting on what they've seen. And my opinion is it's in the mind, but, we know there's a lot of lot of atheists out there that do have uh, opinions about the afterlife. And what what do you guys think of that? You mentioned evolved and your evolution, and I think that a fear of death is an evolved characteristic because the yeah. if evolution is driven to achieve anything, that thing is to expand the population is to be a more successful group of organisms. To and survive to reproduce. Exactly, yes. And, and dying is very much counter to that. 
it's going in the wrong direction. The population gets smaller when individuals die. So I think we've evolved to not like the concept of death and not even want to think about it. And because once you start, once you start thinking, you know, we, we've evolved to be hopeful about the future. And once you stop doing that, you get depressed, you think about suicide, you eventually die, and that's counter to the mission of evolution. Well, I mean, that's that's obviously you're ascribing their evolution a con- almost a conscious mission, but I, I see where you're getting from, and and even then, you know, there I think actually there is a limit to that because again, the fear of death is a, is actually in terms of our evolutionary heritage, it's fear of dying before we have a chance to reproduce. After we've reproduced, it don't matter, uh, which is the reason why we do actually get old, we wear out, and we die. Um, and, and so death is a necessity as well, because otherwise... Overpopulation. Overpopulation. Which in, in, it, which in itself is actually a, a real issue um, for humanity as well at the, at the moment, you know. And it yeah. doesn't help with some religions wanting to go forth and multiply. But uh, <laughs> I know just Embers, Embers wanted to come in. I know yeah. Embers wanted to come in. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. As soon as you're aware of your own existence, let's let, let's go back a long, long time. Let's let's go back before religion was even, you know, sort of thought of, or, or we we actually, you know, found out that people were. Um, looking at things from some sort of religious perspective. As soon as you're aware of your, your own existence as, as humans, uh, the next step uh, through communication is obviously to express to each other and think in your own head. You know you're going to die because you actually see people die. People in your, your own tribe, your own family, they die. Animals die. You kill animals. So the next step is to think, what happens when I die? Uh, now, my cat, to bring my cat up again, uh, is aware of its own existence. Lots of animals are uh, aware of their own existence. That doesn't necessarily mean they have the cognitive ability to actually contemplate their own death or what actually happens afterward because they don't necessarily have any responsibilities. So um, that's, you know... Uh, certainly a human trait we don't know how far it goes in uh other hominids and, and uh primates uh there's, there's research going on at the minute to suggest that they, they might have some awareness of, of their, their, their own um, existentialism but to stay way back in history um there's lots of archaeal evidence to show that uh ancient peoples all over the world um have been digging tombs uh, for for their dead uh, and not just putting them in there but putting them in with possessions uh, money um, tools that they may want in the afterlife so these thoughts were going on a long time before religion became uh, you know it's established in society uh, call it pagan uh, whatever but uh, these things have been going on for hundreds of thousands of years. Because you see that you, you see the, I mean, you were talking about there where people get buried with things that, you know, we see that in, I, I saw a documentary the other day about, uh, you know, ancient Britons um, and they did exactly the same sort of thing. They buried their dead with things. 
Uh, the Egyptians I, did that, obviously, and uh, and other cultures have done that. And, they've even found Neanderthal burials with signs of ritual. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, so it's obviously something which is you know deep rooted in our psyche. Uh, but what, what, one thing I, I wanted to sort of just have a straw poll of, I guess, is do you guys fear death? I mean, fearing dying is a natural thing, you know, getting old and decrepit and, and falling to bits, you know, which are, we're very near all of us. You know? <laughs> but, I mean, is it something which you genuinely fear? It's inevitable. So you can't do anything about it. So there's no point having an attitude towards it, really. Well, that doesn't mean you you, you, you can't fear it or, you know, be... be um terrified by it personally it's, i fear I, dying but I, I, somehow i don't i don't fear death i it's not something that that when you know when if i was asked that and i had to think about it it doesn't it's not it doesn't make me fearful that i'm i'm going to die i mean i know i'm going to die so but it, what makes me fearful is the process of going through that dying process if you know what i mean it's like go, going through the the dying oh, yeah. rather than the death. Does that make sense? Yeah. Again, it's the difference of the process of dying and the being dead. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll be. I'll be honest. I do have. I do have uh, long dark tea times of the soul, as it were. Um, <laughs> you know, when 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 uh, you you can't get to sleep and and you do and I and I do have a moment. I do have a moment when I think I don't want this. You know, I. I I, I don't want this to happen to me. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm alive now. I, I experience things, and some of those things are good. Some of those things are not so good. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. I was uh, diagnosed a few years ago with mild depression, and I've come through that. But even with that, I actually still like being alive. Thank you very much. Uh, and even when I was going through, even when I was going through some of the darkest moments of depression. The idea of the, the idea of say of suicide, for example, never crossed my mind because I don't want to be dead. I don't want to be dead. I, I want to carry on living. I, I I have I've got things to do, you know. Um, but I do, but I do have moments. I do have moments when I think I don't like this. I don't like this idea at all. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I describe it as fear, but um, I, I certainly don't like the idea of not being around. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. I've got plans. You know? I've got some future expectations, and I, it's a bloody cheek, downright rude to think that you know I've been here all this time. Take that away from me! How outrageous! But mm. it's not. Yeah, it's just you know, um, yeah, an entitlement, a misplaced yeah. entitlement. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't have a fear. I think. Uh, I mean, most people don't want to die. Uh, some some people are actually in the religious death cults, but we'll come on to that, obviously. Um, yeah. And I, I, th I think for it, a lot of a lot of people, uh, I think not not the fear, but the concern is not necessarily being dead, because for me as an atheist, you're dead, and that is it. Mm. There is there is no afterlife. That's 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 fine. There's absolutely no evidence for that for that at all. Um, for me, the the concern is the people who actually like me don't really want me to die. Uh, and, and it's those things that you're leaving behind 
that are going to cause, you know, sort of sorrow and grief for the, the people you leave behind. I mean, just, just things like, um, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a Western thing, but just your property, you know, all the responsibilities of utility bills and who's going to take all that, just just mundane things like that. But, you know, you, just, you know people talk about putting your house in order before mm. before you, uh, you die. Uh, mm. So it, it, it's, it's things like that, I think, are more of a concern for me than, than actually dying uh, mm. because it's going to happen. And I don't want to live forever. I can't because I'm just going to deteriorate anyway. So we are all going to die, even if we don't die of anything specific, if it's just old age. You know, yeah, conking out. As it's called. I mean, there's all sorts of things that go on your body as you get older, even if you don't have to go and see your GP for any particular reason. Well, not only do I not want to live forever, I do not want to be in an afterlife and live for all eternity. <laughs> I mean, that's just just ridiculous concept. But it, it, this is this is the other thing: this concept of afterlife and living for eternity. Um, I can't wrap my head around that. I mean, I, 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 I mean, Christopher Hitchens sort of. I remember Chris watching a, uh, um, a talk by Christopher Hitchens talking about this concept of existing for eternity and you couldn't think of anything worse mm. i mean you make jokes about you know forever with your mother-in-law or whatever i think i can't remember what the joke was but yeah. um he also had that mindset of... you know it's just it just boggles the mind that you can that you're going to live for eternity I'm, I'm i'm more than happy to have my time on earth mm. and then just stop you know it doesn't it won't it doesn't bother me and i don't i can't understand why it, people freak out so much about this they, they've got to continue there's got to be a soul because that's where it all boils down to this concept yeah. of a soul that's what concerns me soul hell heaven purgatory limbo yeah. there's all these other non-evidential concepts this baggage that's associated with an afterlife and those things are harmful but i love the mm. way pope benedict abolished limbo some yeah, years ago. I was about to say, Lebo officially doesn't exist anymore. Oh, well, that's yes. good because it, it never actually he knows. Yeah, how did he know? He didn't have to know. Yeah. He, he came up with the recommendation that he sent to the Pope, who, of course, issued an edict. They, they had got into a huddle, they had a committee to decide about Limbo because it, as you point out, it has some inconsistencies to it. And they, the outcome of the consultation was we'll not have it anymore <laughs> but see that's an indicator that, that none of this is true yes, if you can absolutely. just go another meeting and decide that something does or doesn't exist and it has nothing to do with you know your religious texts or the background of your religion all the things or, that have happened or, or, anything to do with observation, or anything to do with observation or experimentation or you know actual evidence yeah yeah well, the, the whole thing about um, you know living in eternity, either in heaven or hell, or you know the afterlife, or all that stuff, we know it's rubbish because we know it's man-made religious nonsense. It's completely man-invented. So yeah. you know, atheists don't have to worry about this in the slightest. So we don't even need to argue about it because it, it's just completely man-made. It's a ridiculous concept. If somebody came up with a concept now. 
they'd be laughed off the stage. You know, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I've just thought of this. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have an afterlife and we'll all live happily ever after, forever and ever and ever. Apart from the fact that the universe will sort of disappear in a few billion years. Apart from that. Well, it's probably outside the universe, going back to that other conversation we had a while ago. But what really worries me, uh, and I think this is one of the things that really worries worries a lot of people, are those that do absolutely believe in this afterlife uh, uh, and believe in the concept of the afterlife as a paradise. Mm-hmm. And one of their ways of getting there is taking other people with them. Mm. Yes. Um, I mean, to, 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 to go back to um, the, 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 you know, the, the, the horror that was the uh, 11th of September uh, 2001, the people that crashed those planes actually believed what they said they believed. They believed that if they did what they did, they would go to paradise for eternity. And that is also an incredibly damaging um, concept because, you know, people have killed their children because they thought, if I do this, I'm doing my children a favor because they're getting to heaven early. Now, okay, many of these people are and were diagnosably mentally disturbed. Yes. Um, but whether you're diagnosed as mentally disturbed or not, this idea still gives them the excuse to commit atrocities. Yes. Um, whether they are mentally disturbed or not. And, I, you know, the, the, the guys on those planes, looking at their background, looking at their history, most of them were not mentally disturbed. They just absolutely believed in yes. what, their religion taught them about the afterlife and how to get there. Yes. Uh, and and that, on that side, um, and it, it needs to be said as well that uh, it's not a basic religious thought. You know, there are there are things within religious texts that point toward that, but that you, that is the sort of thing that um, we're talking about fundamentalism. We're talking about manipulation of people. Um, which I think is insidious within any organization, any cult. Mm. Uh, and, and, and religion is a cult, let's face it. Uh, so you, it's very easy if you have some sort of belief that is uh, intrinsic within your religion that there is an afterlife, and you can paint the rosiest of pictures of this afterlife. Because, And again, that sort of thing is made up, because no one's been there and come back. No one's generally been there and come back. And we talk about near-death experience, but that's just the journey there. That's where that's what people experience. But no one's actually been there and come back, so no one can know what it's like. So it has to be a made-up concept of paradise. You know, in in uh, in Islam, twenty-four virgins or whatever it is, and that's just for the blokes. You know, the women get sort of they get their husbands back. You know, well, <laughs> I bet they're really happy with that. But you know, yeah. but that, that, or, that or another, cannot be, it cannot be real, and it can only be made up, um, and it then can be manipulated by fundamentalists. Mm. And and, and yeah, just another example. I, I remember uh, what was it during the Vietnam War? You know, um, where American um, GIs were murdering entire populations of villages, and they said, "Well, how could you do this?" He said, "Well, it, it doesn't matter because." You know, we kill them all and we let God sort it out later. Those that are innocent will be will go to heaven. 
and those who aren't innocent will end up going to hell. And I thought, my, and I thought, well, almost oh, my God, there, but uh, my goodness, that is a terrible attitude to have. Yes. And again, you know, it's another cause of um, of atrocities. And that's from a, you know, and that's from the point of view of another religion. Now yeah. I know that these are extreme examples, but they happen. Yeah, you know, and they haven't stopped. Are, and yeah. they haven't your stopped. Example, yeah. Well, your your example of nine eleven, as the Americans call it, it's eleven nine really, but <laughs> we know what they mean. That's just one big example. But something happened last week, which turns out to have been the result of radical, fundamental Islamic mania when Sir mm. David Amos was stabbed to death and Ali Harvey Ali has it's been discovered he was radicalized and it was a terrorist attack yeah and he's actually uh, to, I know this is going to date us but uh, breaking news is today he has now been charged with the murder and um, for other terrorist offenses mm. um, and you know it's obviously an ideology there uh, that has caused this individual to do what he has done. Um, and it's it's absolutely awful and it's absolutely terrible. And so this concept of the afterlife, not only from, uh, you know, coming back to the, the concept of the afterlife in and of itself. Um, firstly, as we said earlier, you know, it is a ridiculous man-made concept, but it actually can be the cause of great harm. And one of the things that, you know, which is one of the arguments that I keep being told is, yes, but it also motivates a lot of people to be good, or what um, Greta Christina calls the Santa Claus effect, um, the argument from Santa Claus, if you're good, you'll get a reward. Um, but I'm thinking, yeah, but all of the good stuff is totally negated by the bad stuff. So to argue that, to argue that it causes good things is to actually ignore the atrocities. And I think if you, you I can't ignore the atrocities. And, and the, and the, well, I, I hate using the word evil, but I, I think it's appropriate in the, in, in the circumstances. But the evil some of these beliefs can um, perpetuate literally counters any of the good that they could do. But more important to me is, is always been, well, what's the truth behind it? And there's no truth behind it. It's untrue. It causes untold suffering. Yeah. The, good, the so-called good that it, 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 it could promote is irrelevant and immaterial at this point. It's untrue. It causes harm. We need to get rid of it from the human psyche. Is it, is it the, 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 the view, I guess, of uh, people who believe in the afterlife that... Um, you can have a good life. I mean, I'm not talking about fundamentalism here. I'm just talking about normal people in the normal religion. They have, um, they live their life. They do good things as much as they possibly can. They help other people, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they're all, is it just this, like a cushion that at the end of that time, you will go to somewhere better. I mean, it's also, you know, we, we have relatives. I mean, I've had relatives, my mum and dad are now passed on. See, I use that word passed on to what? Yes. It's a phrase that, that is in you know common parlance. From yes. existing because I, I, sometimes I don't want I don't want to say my mum and dad are dead. You know, I want to you know when I, when I think about my mum and dad, I want to soften, soften just the, the, the verbiage around it. You know, so 
but they're, but they're both gone now. And um, when, especially when my mum died in hospital, you know, I felt as if it was good for her because she was a Christian to think while she was dying that she is going somewhere better. Mm. Um, and I'm 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 not a bastard, <laughs> and I'm not going to sit on a by, a by a deathbed and sort of say, "Well, actually, Mum, you're not. It's not you know. There's nothing there. This because is it. That would yeah. be a terrible thing for me to do as a, as a son. <laughs> you know? Yeah, mm. but that is the trouble with um, the idea of an afterlife. It devalues the real life. Mm. So it, you can get away with anything here because it's not really important. You're going to there, which is somewhere better. I was but, but you, ask... you could see that you can see that that side of it though, John, can't you? You know where you 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 don't want to sort of burst anybody's oh, delusion yeah. of yeah. there is something you're going somewhere different, mm-hmm. um, even though in yourself you know that or you think because we don't know, <laughs> we haven't got a clue. Well, well, I can tell a story similar to that because my first wife died in. Um, what's it called, Uh, the cancer hospital. I was there with her when she died. And we had to fill in forms. Uh, I I can't remember why. It was over 20 years ago now. Another inevitability of life. Well, but she was a Christian, raised in a Christian family. She knew I wasn't a believer. And so when it came to filling in this form, about you know access to some treatment which you have to give permission to and it there was a faith question there she looked at me and she said i'm going to put the humanist well what was the reasoning behind that well she she i suppose that she'd come to the conclusion that uh, there was no god wow we can't ask her now i'm afraid that's that's pretty heavy it is. I was going to ask Embers if, like me, Embers, do you ever get accused of, you know, not having any morals and compared to Pol Pot and Stalin, who did all these bad things because they had no belief? They, they were atheists. I used to, but uh, people know better than to do that these days. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I just. I haven't been bothered with that that that, that, yeah. that for years at, yeah. at all. So it's it's, well, it's it's not not an issue for me. And uh, if 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 you do that, I will jump down your throat now. Um, but again, before, I, I would let it go, but not, not now. I mean, and 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 you also have that 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 argument, you know, that, that some some certainly some forms of Christianity peddle that was well, actually, if they turned around and repented on their deathbed and accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Saviour on their deathbed. They're in heaven now, but the good person that's done good things for their community all their life, but has never believed in Jesus, um, doesn't matter how good they were, they're now roasting in hell purely because of that. And those concepts of the afterlife are also absolutely disgusting. Um, And and breaking news today... um, Associated with the uh, the murder of um, St. Amos Ooh. is the uh, want by the Catholic clergy clergy to be classed as an emergency service 
to go mm. to uh, people in those circumstances. Yeah, it's the last um, rights thing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the, the, the last rights. To, to go into a crime scene like that, where somebody's been stabbed multiple times, to give the, 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 the last settlement. Um, it's... it's Oh, I'm, I'm sure it, you know it'll, it'll give some some people comfort, but it's yes, the police. The priest was complaining unnecessary. Yeah, the he wasn't allowed in because the the medics were there trying to save the life. It's and it's also a crime scene. Yeah. You know, if yes. I'm, yes. If, yes. If I'm dying because uh, something something very bad happened to you. The only people I want there is the paramedics and the police. I mean, could you imagine if, if you know, you, you have an accident as, a, as an atheist, like one of us, we have as, as an accident, we're laying on, on, a, on a pavement somewhere in South London with a, a knife sticking out of us, and uh, suddenly this priest rushes up and starts giving it last rites. I'd have to get all, summon all my, my might to tell him to bugger off. And I don't Do really want useful. that. I don't really yeah. want want to have to do that as well as trying trying to, you know, survive. Give me a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but most most councils, as as you know, if animals get injured and they're lying in in the gutter, the council is not responsible for coming along and collecting uh, dead cats, dead foxes, dogs, yes, or, or dead right. a- dead atheists. They'll, 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 they'll just leave them there. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to, want to sort of um, uh, look at as well is this uh, this this concept of near death experience because I've been reading quite a lot about it recently, um, and there is a, there you see a lot of people talking about this near death experience, the, the 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 thing they experience as they die, and then they're brought back, obviously maybe either by luck or by medication, you know, being in a hospital and stuff like that. Um, and it's pretty consistent about the sort of things they talk about. And it's, and it's often used as evidence that there is something beyond. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it, because there's, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of uh, research into near-death experience. Um, and there was a, um, I can't remember the guy's name now, Pierre, someone or other, but he was a French, French doctor who was a military doctor and he was the first one to sort of start talking about this concept of near death experience because he heard these things from some of the soldiers. Um, and that was like, in, that was it's in the 17th century. I mean, it was you know, a long, long time ago. So it's, it's been around a long, long time. We see this quite often on, <clears throat> on TV programs where people talk about near death experience. So there's no doubt that something it does actually happen to people, uh, but it's actually used as this proof almost by, by religious people to say that this just goes to show you exactly what is happening because there's a lot of things like the, the tunnel of light and, you know, all those sort of things that people see. And, it, and I, I have no doubt that they experience that. There's no doubt that people do actually experience these things. Otherwise it wouldn't be so consistent for so long i mean they obviously have presuppositions and i guess what happens within the mind that they'll they'll associate it with you know their religion um and the mind will sort of maybe paint some pictures of that do you have any 
Sorry? Only, only of their religion. They won't paint anything. Only of their religion, because you have presuppositions yes. and your mind sort of gives you the comfort of whatever it is that you, you are part of. Mm-hmm. But there are, um, there's also a lot of research into um, psychedelic drugs that do the same, or right. people have experienced very, very similar things to that um you've got yeah. um dimethyltryptamine dmt experiments that have been happening right from sort of the 60s and, and they're happening right now um in universities that that show these same sort of experiences which is why i have a uh a feeling that it is the same type of thing it's a, a, a psychedelic sort of experience that takes you from it's Dying. an altered brain state, isn't it? It's an altered yeah. brain state. And I think, um, again, going back to some of you, one of the things you said, firstly, let's uh, let's deal with a, a slight bit of terminology here. It's a near-death experience. Yeah. It's not a death experience. These people have not died. Um, when you die, that is the you know, defined as the permanent cessation of biological functions. Um, you don't come back from death. Yeah, you don't. Um, death is the permanent condition. So these ideas of, oh, I was dead for two minutes. Is it? No, you weren't actually dead. You were in a state of near death. Yeah. You were brought back, which means that you weren't dead. Mm. So that's the first point. So people have not come back from being dead. I know that's technical. Um, the second thing is, one of the things that we now know, in terms of your consistency, it's a consistent trait of uh, oxygen starvation to the brain. Yeah. It's been examined, it's been measured, it's been, it's, you know, even yeah, it, experiments on, on this have been taking place before the development of ethics. Uh, and so the idea yes. is now that you could do oxygen starvation experiments. Now, you probably couldn't do that anymore. But in the days when they could the results were remarkably consistent. Secondly, uh, thirdly even, um, the visions that people saw, so again, the tunnel light is a, is, a, um, is a pretty consistent effect of oxygen starvation to the brain. Uh, it's happened in pilots, so for example, that were pulling hygiene maneuvers. So it's happened there as well. So the tunnel of light, yeah, that's, that, that's pretty much well established now. The experiences that people have in terms of the people that they see at the other end of the tunnel, people who are exposed to particular religions, again, it's the presupposition thing again, they experience what they have been primed to experience. You know, somebody who was a devout Muslim doesn't tend to see Jesus. Indeed. People, People who are devout Christians don't tend to meet Muhammad. Um, Hindus tend to meet gods from their pantheon, and they don't tend to meet Jesus or Muhammad or 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 whatever. Um, so that tends to suggest to me that again, it's a function of the brain because it's the things that that person's brain is exposed to. And again, when it happens to atheists. Um, there is a tendency either not to experience anything like that or to experience the religions or religious figures in the culture that they have grown up within. Um, So again, that's more of a suggestion. This is actually a cultural phenomenon 
and a cultural phenomenon is actually a physical brain state. Yeah, um, there, there are there are some some uh, things that I've, I've been reading about that are uh, that people who are Christian, for instance, don't see Christ. You know, there, there is, it's not always the same way. I, I, yeah, it's not always the same way. And um, but what they do yeah. see is they do see entities. They do yeah. see um, figures, and they do they are beckoning and or, or trying to help people. What a religious person would call across to the other side. But the the the, the thing that interested me, and I, I encourage you to have a, have, a, have a look at this. But this uh, these these experiments with psychedelics, um, which they they started to bring in because it was a um, a treatment for depression. You know, they were looking at psychedelics, whether it could treat depression. So they used things like LSD and, and sort of derivatives of LSD. But they, they, when they started using uh, DMT, this uh, dimethyl tryptamine, um, they got exactly the same or the same um, nature of the reports were coming back mm. of the same sort of concept as a near-death experience. So that tunnel of light they, and, and the entities and all those sort of things. Um, and if you listen to someone who's talking about a near-death experience, you listen to someone who's talking about uh, a DMT trip, because that's what they do in 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 the re- the research. You get a really really similar um, report back of exactly what that's happening. And, and so the, the 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 research is basically saying that there is a when you die, there is a uh, a flood of serotonin type. Um, or tryptamine type um, mm. drugs that going on, and it's like your last gasp, your last hurrah, the final curtain call. This is the mm. the thing that that humans can do or or do do Brains. when Brains. they die to, to to ease that death. You know, you, you get mm. covered in a warm blanket of love, and mm. you see this light, and you see entities, and and it, and maybe it's just the way that the brain copes because when we when we die, all our functions close down. You know heart and liver and all that sort of thing but the brain carries on for a little bit you know it's about five minutes something like that and so what they're thinking now is that those near-death experiences are actually just you know floods of there's no there's no evidence that it's dmt but it's a maybe a a serotonin or a a it's chemical it's chemicals in the brain um flood that just floods the brain on death and you get the biggest light show ever before you go I can well, see a rice. I can see some rice. I can see some rice smiles from Embers, who is, let's face it, for want of a better expression, he is our brain expert. Um, <laughs> well, um, I'll give you some personal experiences of that. Just <laughs> like the end of the tunnel thing, I've mm. had that four times in my life through serious accidents. None of them would have killed me, but I was seriously injured on on each occasion. Uh, and the light at the end of the tunnel for me happened exactly the same every time was because I was coming round from a general anaesthetic. Mm. Uh, and right. anybody who's had a general anaesthetic will probably report exactly yeah. the, 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 yeah, the, the, the same, same sort of thing. So as your functions and your brain uh, and all your other your, your eyes, it takes a little while for your eyes to come round and, and focus your senses. There's a little tiny bit, it's, it's a, you know, no more than a couple of seconds, but when you're coming round, mm. it seems like an eternity. Sorry to use the word eternity. Um, mm. Where, because your eyes are 
getting back into focus, you see this light. And it does look like a tunnel because your vision has to has to kick back in. And it's not a tunnel. It's the lights of the bloody operating theatre <laughs> you're shining in, in, in your eyes. And the people who are beckoning you are all the surgeons and the nursing staff standing around you, but they're not in focus yet. That's why you can get you know, that, that, that sort of experience. Cool. And for a tiny, tiny bit before all your... Uh, brain functions kick, kick in and it's not just your brain it's your central nervous system as well remember mm, yeah. yeah so that they, 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 they're all all linked and uh, it, it takes a bit bit of time and in that short period you don't know where you are you really don't know where you are so you could be somewhere else but it doesn't take long before oh here i am in an operating theater and saying oh this is what's happened to you so what was sort of coming round from I think I'd been given morphine in fact because I was in the IC unit having had uh, cardiac surgery and when I was coming round you talk about seeing visions Jesus or Mohammed or whatever guess who I saw <laughs> I saw oh, oh, there it is. Hawk, yeah. Hitchens Dawkins Dennett and um, the other guy Harris <laughs> <laughs> So basically, yeah, I mean, to, to, to summarise basically what we're saying, you know, firstly, what evidence that has been supplied by religionists for an afterlife all seem to be traced back to, well, yeah, it's it, they don't provide actual evidence of an afterlife. All they're actually doing is providing evidence of this altered brain state um, when the brain is in distress of some kind. Um, you know, and the, the, the evidence for that is remarkably consistent across the board, which does suggest to me that this so-called evidence for an afterlife is nothing more than evidence of an actual consistent physical process. Yeah. The, afterlife, the, the, the afterlife ago, itself... Sorry, go I was going to say, do you remember a few years ago, this enhanced experience due to lack of oxygen in a brain was yeah. being was being put to use by people who pleasured themselves with a bag over their head you know, oh. to, to make it even better yeah. and yeah one one person he was actually a tory mp Stephen milligan was it Stephen Stephen milligan yeah i remember the case he didn't take the bag off quickly enough and it was mm. the last it was the last masturbation he did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that was uh, uh, he was uh, the MP for Christchurch, I believe. Yeah. Um, How that was apt. a long time ago? That was a long time ago. Oh. Um, what was she saying about the afterlife, Rich? So what we're saying is, you know, what evidence is provided is not evidence for an afterlife. Um, we have no, we have no evidence for it. At all, and in fact, all evidence seems to suggest that once the brain is shut down, that is it. Nobody has ever come back, and we can trace through ideas about dying and death, and you know the the concepts of not existing. Is that this idea of an afterlife is almost certainly one hundred percent man-made? There's no evidence for it. Uh, there's no reason to believe that it is actually true. And it is just another one of those 
religious inventions um, that we can just which we can dismiss in terms of it being a religious um, experience. We can carry on exploring the physical um, the physical experiences that people have when their brains are in that condition. Uh, and as long as it can be done ethically, I think those experiments should continue uh, as we get to learn more about how this lump of blancmange inside our head actually works. But as a religious concept, I think we're done with it. Well, I mean, you can link this to, say, the Victorian careers with the mediums and contacting the mm. dead and having seances. Uh, people really believe they, they could talk to the dead. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll make you promise now. I always carry postage stamps in my wallet. Mm. So if, if there is an afterlife, I will definitely send you a postcard. <laughs> On that note, really. Well, yeah, I think that, that that's been fantastic. It's been a really fascinating conversation, uh, and something something to ponder on. But don't you know if you're if you're watching this, you're a theist. Don't think we're nihilists. We're just sort of trying to work out. Oh no, I and... believe lots of things, and I, yeah. I you know I believe in I believe in trying to make the world a better place. I yeah. believe in trying to um, try to in, encourage people to be happy and to and to be productive and to do things that make them feel good. And the mo- most important time, if you want to make, an Im- make, make a, any sort of impression on any sort of existence, is while you're alive, because there is nothing else. Yeah, so you know, it's really important that you have a great life now and do the best things you can possibly do now, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a, probably a good place to leave it. Anyway, guys, it's been fascinating talking. Um, if, you, if you like what we, what we do here, just subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you can, uh, you can let... Let us know, or we can let you know when we go out again. And uh, until next time, we'll see you all later. Bye. See you all soon. Bye. Well, thanks for joining us today. And don't forget to click that like button. Also, make a comment. And, of course, subscribe to the channel. We'll see you next time.